where are you from? St. Louis? Oh, right, 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 right. But like, what's your heritage? Ah, Polish and Filipino. I was gonna guess Italian. Maybe Puerto Rican. Cool. Some people get offended by questions like this, and I'll admit that not every exchange is quite so thoughtful. But most of the time, I think people really do think it's cool. How many of you have bought into one of those DNA testing kits just to find out you're 37% French or something like that? Producer Dory Olmos and editor Shirley Karam nerded out over their shared Lebanese heritage when they figured that one out. Well, there's one place that truly celebrates the different cultures, nationalities, countries that thrive below the St. Louis flag. Global Foods Market in Kirkwood. It's about the same size and layout as a typical mid-sized grocery store. You get your cart, you hear the cashiers ringing up the items. The deli and the dairy sections are clearly marked as such. But the aisles aren't labeled with cereal or snack foods. They list countries of the world. It's a Thai family that runs the place. But Shane Propizlip says in their 30 years of entrepreneurship, his family's always had a taste for the world. Actually, that's what sets us apart from a lot of markets. You know, like we always travel to see what other people are doing. And even a lot in a lot of bigger cities like New York and L.A., you know, there is the just the Polish market or just the, the uh, Filipino market. And they're kind of separate. But my dad started seeing with you know various groups of Americans, new Americans coming to St. Louis that like, you know, it's not just... Italians and Germans and Vietnamese and Bosnians and more. We had a really cool opportunity to, to really have a global store. Ooh la la! Ooh la la! Ooh la la! Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, I have a really cool opportunity to talk to Shane and learn how he and his family really are the ties that bind this town. From opening the first Thai restaurant in the area 30 years ago, The King and I on Grand, to operating grocery stores like Global and International Provisions on the Del Mar Loop, running Oishi Hibachi Steakhouses, we talk about it all in the family's newest restaurant, a regional Thai place called Chow Ban in the Grove. The world is a big, vast place, a very delicious place, and if we can kind of bring it make it a little bit more manageable for people that's something we love how they can keep a sense of food trends and palates from so far away and why someone who sampled so many of the world's flavors my joke is that i think like for me uh you know i'll have indian on monday mexican on tuesday see st louis is a great place to bring them all together then stick around for food news and your weekend planner jane is a busy guy He gets it from his dad, a serial entrepreneur since landing in the U.S. to go to school at St. Louis University back in the 70s. Broke, like so many college students, he drove up to Chicago to buy Asian foods to bring back to St. Louis and sell them. At the time, you know, it was just kind of towards the end of the Vietnam War, we were seeing more refugee populations come to St. Louis. And he's like, you know, these folks are coming from a really difficult situation. You know, food is probably something they really or craving from home, something that's really comforting. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I think he saw an opportunity to both do right and, and make some money and then, you know, started carrying all those ingredients for that population. Shane mentions his dad quite a few times throughout our conversation, how hard of a worker he is, to build this business up. But I've got to get this out there right now. It's clear right away Shane works damn hard, too. As vice president of the global family of brands, he has a lot on his plate and not always in the delicious way. You might be able to tell in this audio, he has a bit of a cold. Well, 
He's also battling cancer. If you'd rather not talk about this, that feel free. Just let me know. But, um, you know, going through treatment and working this hard sounds really exhausting. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's maybe my days are a little bit shorter. But um, at least for me, maybe it's a little bit of I take this from my dad. I need to leave my house every day or else I get stir crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where um, it, it's it's. I've had to step back a little bit, but I think the work that we're doing is, is still so important that I, I still do as much as I can. Um, and luckily, I've, I've been feeling pretty good, so I've been, you know, trying to keep up with it. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I think the work that we're doing is, is so important that I can't just let it slide. He's even donated profits from the newest restaurant, Chow Ban, to Siteman Cancer Center, where he's undergoing treatment. But as he said, he spends as much time as he can working behind the scenes, keeping the company going. It's what he wants to focus on. His dad, meanwhile, takes a more hands-on approach. So how do you, as a family, stay so connected with what people are wanting to go do and see and eat and buy? I think um, if, you know, Abby says you shop at Global, um, my dad has been working the same way he's been since he was a kid. You know, he's always on the floor. He wants to talk to everybody. He just truly is so curious about, like, you know, even if we carry something and, and he sees someone about to check out with it, he has no idea, he'll be like, how do you use that? So I think it's just truly that that intellectual curiosity, specifically with food, that we just want to know what, what people are doing, what people are eating. And for us, that kind of helps us keep the pulse on well, what should we bring in? You know, what should we not stock? Um, and I think the, one of the great things that we like to do is really try to get stuff that um, people want to get that they could not get otherwise. And I think that's a big strength for us is that we care so much about of our customers and we know that you know food can be having your favorite thing to eat can really make your day and to, to have a customer be like i have been looking for this for since i've immigrated to the united states i could not find it i found it at your store i think you'll make a customer for life right there um, but it's, it's just really talking to our customers and 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 just making sure that we're we're doing the best by them that's awesome i i that's so cool and you're so right because Especially there was a long time there during which my mom had not gone back to Poland. And the joy that she would get by being able to go in and find, you know, her Delizia cookies that then she was able to introduce to my sister and I. And now we've grown up with the same treats that she did, despite the fact that I've never lived in Poland like she has. And it really is emotional for people. Is food emotional for your family? I think it is. Um, you know, I I grew up with uh, my grandparents helped raise me. Um, and, you know, I think in, it's definitely true in Thai culture, but I would argue it's true for almost every culture that food is really the connection between generations. And I've just been very fortunate to have, you know, with my grandparents living with me, that direct connection, that passing down of knowledge. Because um, I think, you know, at least for me, and I, it's probably familiar for a lot of other for immigrant kids, Sometimes you want to blend in. You want your, you know, your Lunchables. You don't want to stick out. And so there was... You don't want to bring any, like, stinky fish yeah, exactly. sauce or anything. Yeah, yep. you're, you're, you just want to be just another kid. But I was able to kind of, at home at least, really um, understand and appreciate how awesome our food culture is and how distinct and unique it is. Unique, yes. But not as unique as it used to be. If you've ordered takeout in the last, let's say, six months especially any kind of Asian takeout, there's a good chance it was Thai food. Shane's family has a lot to do with that. And I think that kind of informs me and, and motivates me today in my role in the company of, of continuing not just to share 
uh, our food culture with people, but also maybe get them to rediscover theirs as well. I didn't realize King and I was the first Thai restaurant in the St. Louis area. Yeah, that was, um, so, you know, there had been uh, a lot of Chinese restaurants in the St. Louis area uh, up to that point, and our first location was actually an old Chinese restaurant, and my dad, being so nervous, you know, he, he didn't know if people were ready for kind of the real deal so when he opened the first king and i he kept like almost half of the old chinese menu <laughs> and half it was thai food because he was like oh you know people are they might be a little edgy about this um and it's it's quite a testament to him and and, and to st louis that you know king and i is still around to this day um serving some of the original recipes that we've been serving since we've opened in the late 70s wow and especially can the fact that it's still around and still serving that stuff considering how Thai food itself has become so much more of a staple now. I mean, people are just as likely, I feel like, to call and say, hey, you want to go grab Thai food mm-hmm. as you'd say, or get Thai takeout as you'd get Chinese takeout maybe when your parents first opened. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, my joke is that I think like for me, uh, you know, I'll have Indian on Monday, Mexican on Tuesday, you know. And so I, I think the way we're eating is very different. And I'm, we're, I'm very pleased that Thai has kind of worked its way into kind of the, the American rotation, so to speak. Um, and it's been great for us because at least from our grocery stores we've been able to help so many other thai entrepreneurs open their own re- own restaurants oh, so cool. i think uh according to i think our last cow we service about 35 thai restaurants around the region both on the illinois side and the missouri side um and the fact that all those restaurants are delicious and do well um it we're really happy you know we have we have our own thai restaurants but we're, we're we're very happy to see other people succeed serving their recipes as well um it's it's been quite the honor is it mostly other thai restaurants that you help out or do you yes. do other international so foods so too? um a lot of different international food so we you know we it's really neat um you know if you ever go shop at global you'll probably see some some really uh i like to say famous chefs around st louis and if you know any chefs you know they the way their mind works is that they are always they're so inquisitive they want to try something new and we actually get a lot of folks in the industry shop at uh, shop at our stores and try something new or you know get an ingredient to do a different riff on a dish um so you know that's been a really you know we're kind of we like to think the unofficial like chef's chef's grocery store just yeah. you know, unique ingredients um and and you know we, we we always like to see other restaurants succeed and if we we can find a way to help supply them with something um all the better. What's your favorite international cuisine or even meal? Um, I think I'd get in trouble if I didn't say Thai, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, especially with, with our menu at Chow Bon, it's, it's the food that I grew up eating. So, you know, King and I, um, a lot of the food that we do is kind of more central Thai. So what a lot of people are familiar with, you know, your pot Thai and your curries. Um, and so, the food that I like, of course, is very difficult to make. It takes like 10 antis all day <laughs> to, ch- to cut and chop. Um, and so I said, you know, it'd be great if there's a restaurant in St. Louis that could do that for me so I don't have to do it all by myself. And um, you were in a remarkable position for that to be able to happen, actually. Of yeah. all families, your family can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, um, some of my favorite my favorite dish, um, I would say, of all time is uh, something we serve here at the restaurant. It's, like, it's a cut tot namsot. And it's just literally 15 steps. And I remember growing up, the only time we got to eat it was big family gatherings. And it would take all day. And it was worth it every time. And so, um, yeah, I would, I would say you know, one of that dish is probably my favorite. But um, Thai food, and like I said, Thai food is so vast. You know, it, it's it's kind of hard to distill 
American food to one thing. Right. You've got the Northeast, you've got the Southwest. So it's, it's such a vast food culture. And I think for a long time, People just assume that Thai food was, you know, pot thai and, and stop by curry. But yeah, kind of like all Chinese foods, orange chicken and all exactly. Italian food is spaghetti. So what we're right. trying to do is, you know, change people's perceptive of what Thai food is because it's, it's a country of 80 million people and, 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 you know, four different cardinal directions. And they all kind of eat a little bit differently from each other. He wants us to see international foods differently as something more accessible, something we can make part of our daily lives. He wants us to see Thai culture differently less monolithic, more colorful and varied. But Shane also wants us to see ourselves a little differently, too. St. Louis, um, I don't think it gets enough credit. It's such a dynamic place, such a welcoming place, and, and, and is increasingly becoming more and more diverse. I went to school out on the coast, and I just remember being so defensive. They're like, where is it? It's, it's amazing how very smart people, like, could not put St. Louis on a map. And to <laughs> me, that just graded my gears. Yeah. So I, I've always been a big St. Louis homer. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I was just having dinner at a great restaurant last night. Um, and my brother, who he lives in Washington, D.C., he's like, this restaurant would kill it there. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those things where in every neighborhood and every part of, of the city, there, there are amazing things going on. And it's, whether it's on a lack of exposure or just not enough self-confidence on our end, mm. we're not willing to like kind of be like, yeah, we, we're a big deal. We do some things really, really well. Um, and so for us, you know, at least through the medium of food, if we're able to help entrepreneurs and chefs execute their vision and, and, and make some of the best food in the country, um, that's something that, you know, that's something we can get behind every day of the week. It's interesting because approaching this conversation, I was thinking of you as an ambassador for the world to St. Louis, but it's also like you've been serving in some ways as an ambassador from St. Louis to the world and the global food scene. Which do you think is more important? Um, I think, at least for me personally, I think I can have more impact as a booster for St. Louis. I think there's a lot of probably much more better equipped people than me to kind of maybe do that international angle. Um, but I think... I think to to get St. Louisans to realize what they have, but also the greater the greater country and world that St. Louis is a destination. It is a multicultural place. It could be a thriving place. Um, that's something where I think I can have more impact. That's not to say he's not using food to have that impact. He's literally tasted some of the best the world has to offer. And now he's adding a dash of it here, a sprinkle of it there, to make St. Louis more savory for all of us. To me, food is, is a medium. Um, you know, I feel very passionate about um, St. Louis as a city and, and the opportunities. And, you know, there are things that are not perfect about St. Louis, but there are things that I, um, that I think, you know, will position St. Louis to, to thrive in the future. And I think a vibrant food scene, a welcoming food scene is one of those things. So for me, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I intend to live here for quite some time and I want to live in a dynamic, um, progressive, inclusive city. And if, if I can do that through the medium of food and, and push those ideas out there, um, that's something that motivates me every day. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Hey, Dory, I know that you couldn't come with me to Global, but I got you something. Ah! Producer Dora almost in the booth with oh, me now. my gosh. You know my love of anything cookies and cream. Anything I do. with Oreos in it. I do. These are Pockies. It's a little box. It's yes. cookies and cream covered 
Biscuit sticks. This sounds so good. <laughs> so Pocky is a little, yeah, it kind of just looks like a little like chocolate covered pretzel, but it's a biscuit instead of a pretzel and like kind of like a cookie. And this one's cookies and cream. And Dory's diving right I'm into going it. right in. Is that okay? <laughs> Absolutely. So as Dive kids, right my sister here. and I used to get like the chocolate or the uh, strawberry kinds. And so when I went to Global and saw those, I was like, I've got to get some of those for Dory. Oh, thank you. That's I've never good. tried cookies and cream. One, right? Cheers. Cheers. Boop. Nice little treat. Oh, yeah. I love it. Subtly That's sweet. It's really good. It's a good one. That you is never a- know where you can find a Global. I love that. Always something cool and exciting. I really loved being able to do this story. And I hope that if somebody's driven past that place before and wondered, what is that? Is that worth my time? They step in. And do a little shopping themselves. You get lost in the aisles there, I'm sure. Exactly, exactly. Dory, let's look at some food news after that story that you kind of, it was very worldly, but we're going to talk about some local St. Louis food news now, yeah? Well, we got a little bit of a collab. I guess we can kind of mix foods here. Pappy's is collaborating with Anthonino's mm-hmm. Taverna. Um, they're doing some tea ravs. At Pappy's, you can get Anthonino's tea ravs with Pappy's beef brisket in them. Sounds so tasty. Have you had brisket uh, tea ravs before? I have at Union 30, and they were so good. Yes. So I've had the kind – I didn't have them at Union 30, um, which that, by the way, is the um, restaurant at – Hotel St. Louis. Hotel St. Louis, yep. Downtown. I've had them at the Boathouse where Sugar Fire, the folks that own Sugar Fire now, the folks that own Mm -hmm. the Boathouse. And I tried it, and I think I'd have to try them again to get, like, past the texture a little bit because it's it's different. It's definitely a change, yeah. It's different, but it is pretty good. So I'm excited to try this one, too, because, you know, Pappy's does very little wrong. So we also want to talk about some other good news, but Dory has food in her mouth. (laughs) Sorry, I just (laughs) finished my little Pocky. No, it's okay. A pause for Pocky, if you will. Um, So we got a couple openings in the area. Lion's Choice has just opened their new location in Edwardsville. This is on Troy Road, their second location in Illinois. And so you can get your typical lunch and dinner there. But they're also serving breakfast, which I am so intrigued by. They've got Caldi's. Caldi's, that's awesome. Love that. Uh, Breakfast sandwiches and wraps. Cinnamon pull-aparts, which sound mm. so good, yeah. plus muffins and hash browns. Good for Lion's Choice. They hinted to us that they were going to be doing some more expansion over yep. on the Illinois side as they continue their quest for global domination. Yes. So cheers for them on that good news. Yep. And up in your neck of the woods, too, and mm-hmm. up in St. Charles, the Donut Experiment is now open. I'm listening. It's, it's a made-to-order place. A local couple kind of discovered it while they were on vacation in Florida, and they loved it so much They wanted to bring it back to their hometown in St. Charles. Huh. Um, So they're fresh donuts, and here's how it works. You pick out your icing. There's like six different flavors that you can choose from. And then you also pick what topping you want it dipped in. They've got about a dozen different flavors. One of the ones that stood out was sriracha. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I would give that a try. I totally would. You know, there is something to be said about getting outside of St. Louis and seeing what else people are doing out there. Mm -hmm. Yes, because, you know, cupcakes and cupcakeries were a thing on the coasts and in various other places before they became a thing here in St. Louis. I always say that that's a good business decision to just go somewhere where people are traveling and trying new fun things. And I will totally try the donut experiment. Welcome to your first Missouri location. Yeah, love it. I like that one. Um, not all good. All news is good news, though. Right. Yeah. So a couple closures to let you guys all know about. Steve's Hot Dogs is closing Friday, February 1st. So if you're listening to us Friday morning, you can go get one last hot dog at Steve's. Um, they've been around for 11 years. 
They closed the Hill location late last year. So now the Tower Grove East spot is closing now too. Um, They wrote on Facebook that it's just been a lot to overcome lately and they just couldn't find a way to make their business sustainable anymore. Yeah. And I mean, you know, from some musicians who wanted to serve up some late mm-hmm. night snacks and open up a hot dog place, uh, having two locations like that for 11 years in Tower Grove East, you know, right. that's a pretty good run. Yeah. So that's that's good for them. And uh, we love you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Always thinking about you. He's such a great guy. Friend of five on your side for sure. Yep. Uh, one other closure. This one kind of stunned a lot of people. Bar Louie yeah. abruptly closed in the Central West End. Now, if you didn't know, they're actually a national chain. They filed for bankruptcy. 38 locations across the U.S. closed. But we still have the th- three other ones in the St. Louis area in Kirkwood, St. Charles, and Chesterfield. It's interesting because it's always decently busy in the Central West End, mm-hmm. despite the closure of some neighboring places like the chocolate, um, the chocolate place and then the scape. Um, the fact that Bar Louie was pretty popular still right there. Um, I know this, that in Streets of St. Charles, their location there is always popping. So it'll be interesting to see if Bar Louie winds up being able to keep those other locations despite this bankruptcy. Um, yeah. If not, we'll we'll see what happens. But high, good real estate available in the Central West End right now if I, anybody wants to open up a place. I think they're primed for another little comeback here. I mean, it could just really change the face of the Central West End with all That's of true. these changes happening there. Totally. Good way of looking at it. Yes. Um, well, here's something, some maybe good kind of coming out it's of intriguing. a closure. It's, it's a very intriguing, intriguing yes. yes. So Schneid Horse was one of the longest running restaurants in our area, that iconic building there in Ladue. I mean, it had a look. <laughs> it had a definite look outside and inside. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to own a piece of that, now is your chance because they're having an online auction with hundreds of items. We went wow. through all of them last night. I mean, you've got your basic things. Like if you're just buying a house... You can get plates and chairs and just about anything you need for your kitchen. But they also had a lot of weird kind of Yeah, it's kind of a dark, like very dark Germanic theme motif at that restaurant. Um, So they had some ornate chairs that looked like thrones, (laughs) some wall sconces, and some castle-y, dungeon-y chandeliers, if that fits your home. Dory, you bought a house last year. You, You just said you were scanning through this. I was intrigued by a lot of the things. I'm thinking about it. Some of the wood uh, cabinet things were really pretty and would actually fit in my house. Really? I would love more than anything if you guys had (laughs) some of that in your house. That would be so interesting. I did love the throne chairs. They were like $500 each, though. So (laughs) you and Jason just sitting and looking at each other like in your thrones. In our thrones. Milo between you guys on the floor. Like, you guys have got weird since you you bought a house. What is going on here? (laughs) I love it, though. Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? Um, so I had to think about this one, mm-hmm. and I we've been talking about Lion's Choice so much. <laughs> Mine is Lion's Choice. I got it yesterday for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of changes kind of going on here at work that I wanted something that I knew I could yeah. count on, and Lion's Choice is definitely one of them. So Nice, warm got, lunch. Yes, and I just it's consistent. I knew I'd love it, and it would just put me in my happy place, and it also made me want to take a nap before my work shift yeah. even started, but that wasn't the worst thing. So <laughs> I promise we're not sponsored by Lion's Choice, but <laughs> promise. we probably could be if we wanted to be. Yep. So my best thing, I've been having a little bit every day since I bought it, and it was actually also at Global. And hmm. so I know you are familiar from your time in D.C., Dory, with Nando's. <gasps> yes. Nando's does um, piri-piri chicken is mm-hmm. what it's called. And so it's actually, it's very, very global because that's kind of got some like, 
like South American mm-hmm. slash African roots. And it's but Nando's itself is based in England, which is when I started to really like going to Nando's. And Piri Piri sauce is this kind of peppery. I don't want to call it a hot sauce because it's really not too spicy. Mm-hmm. It can be, but it's not, you know, naturally spicy. Um, it's kind of this peppery sauce. And I got some that's like a garlic pepper peri-peri oh, sauce. So good. I've been putting it on everything. I mean, like sandwiches. I made scrambled eggs yesterday and just doused them in Nando's peri-peri sauce. Can't go wrong. And then I licked the plate. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I licked the plate because the sauce is so good. And yeah, just one more thing I can get from Global. And that was in the... British foods section, I want to say. Okay. I mean, seriously, sometimes you don't even look up because you're so uh, to see what country you're exploring, Merit Global, because you're just looking at everything, everything. That's in the aisles. So it's pretty fun. Oh, that's so good. So yeah. I highly encourage you. Once again, they're in Kirkwood. If you're going shopping this weekend, maybe check them out. Get lost in those aisles. Exactly. So that's just grocery shopping, though. Hopefully you have time for other fun things in your weekend. We're talking about the weekend of January 31st through February 2nd. 2020 is already January, coming in hot. Right. Yes, exactly. Oh Where gosh. did January go? Um, Friday, if you were just loving the celebrations downtown for All-Star Weekend last weekend and you just want to head back down there, Friday, the lunchtime live event is back at Ballpark Village. It's where they have food specials, live music, networking, that kind of stuff. Um, you can check in for the latest and more details on that on Facebook. And then Saturday, because you will have earned it. Yes, It is ice cream for breakfast day. I love this. So this is something that's going to be celebrated in many, many places, not the least of which at one of our favorite places in St. Louis, Clementine's, at all of their locations, actually. So to celebrate ice cream for breakfast day, they're having from 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. The first 50 people in line, but get this, wearing PJs, will get a free coffee mug. That's so cool. And then (laughs) Dan Cakes will be doing pancake art so if you've never seen dan cakes before this guy literally like picture the best looking caricature you've seen done of somebody at like six flags or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and he can make it with a pancake and it's edible technically but it's so pretty you don't don't want to mess with it yes exactly so dan cakes will be there so clementines like i said though is just one option for ice cream for breakfast day a couple more you can head to isis plain and fancy in shaw in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. Uh, 9 a.m they're starting their breakfast special and because of world's fair donuts recently opening which is also in the shaw neighborhood they are bringing back their world's fair jelly donut nitro ice cream yeah that sounds so good sounds delicious um but there are a couple other specials they're doing for saturday the maple butter french toast sounds so good Mm -hmm. the old-fashioned apple fritter sounds even better yes and the oj sorbet mimosa i'm in i'm in for all of those delicious (laughs) and they actually do alcoholic ice creams there so you can really get your kick uh saturday morning and if you've never gone to isis plain and fancy you need to go at least once and see the way that they put that ice cream together. It's so cool. You it's can't cool. even describe it. But Take the kids. Nice. They'll love it. Exactly. And then, you know, mimosas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other place you can head for ice cream for breakfast day is at Jenny's Ice Cream in Central West End. From 8 to noon, they're going to be rolling out their brand new skillet ice. How, what is this? Skillet, skillet cinnamon, cinnamon roll. roll. Easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing no matter yeah, what. Um, they said they'll there will be so much cinnamon, you'll go weak in your knees. Ooh, Love it. That's intriguing. Challenge accepted. <laughs> um, you can also get ice cream floats there or coffee floats there. And here's the cool thing. 100% of the profits from their shop sales will go to do something.org. 
which empowers young people who are interested in creating social change. Very cool. I, I love like that. that. So let us know where you wind up having your ice cream for breakfast. There are too many good yes. options. Now I can't not do that. Uh, gotta at least go to one. Exactly. And yeah. it's supposed to be decent weather again this weekend. So good. you got to get outside for it. Um, and you get out and you go and you eat ice cream and you go in that sugar coma and sleep <laughs> all of Saturday because then you wake up Sunday and it's the big Super game. Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. 54, yeah? 54. Sure. We've got the 49ers <laughs> and the Chiefs, and that's all i got to say about that. So here's the thing. We're that's a food podcast, not, not a sports <laughs> podcast. But I am a big the, – the best thing I like about football is honestly the food. I mm-hmm. love tailgate food. I love Super Bowl party food. And I saw this interesting challenge on Facebook earlier. Okay, if one has to go, Dory, okay. on your table you have wings, nachos, buffalo chicken dip, pizza, and the cookie cake. Which one would you get rid of? That is easy. Which one? Pizza. Really? Okay. It's out because I can order that any day of the week. But like yeah. buffalo chicken dip, that's a party thing. Like I'm only going to have that if I've got a lot of friends around and we're partying. Shoot. Wings, I can never get enough wings. Yeah. Nachos, I that's my go-to wherever I go. And cookie cake, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's I'm true. I'm not getting rid of cookie cake. Yeah, you need something sweet with all that too. Yeah. Well, shoot, now well, you think <laughs> you have me thinking because I was going to keep pizza and get rid of nachos mm. just because I'm thinking like, you know, bad nachos, but okay. now I'm thinking about good nachos. Good <laughs> nachos. Not, like, like make some, your own nachos. Or some maybe like barbecue nachos. Ooh. All right, fine. Pizza, I'll get you tomorrow. Okay. Maybe Monday. <laughs> Apparently, Super Bowl Sunday is the second most caloric day of the year as in we consume the most calories i don't know if that's per person or just like as americans in general what do you think the first most caloric day is thanksgiving there you go yep dory knows her stuff that's why we keep her here on (laughs) abby eats st louis which is of course a five on your side production i'm abby larico and i'm dory almost our editor extraordinaire is shelly caram oh she made cookies the other day but apparently you're not a big cheesecake fan i'm not a cheesecake she made chocolate cheesecake cookies and they were Mm -hmm. phenomenal i think that you missed out because they weren't even that cheesecakey. really yeah sucks for you hey i made cookies this week too (gasps) you did Uh uh-huh Oh, so shoot. Good. Those were so good. Thank you, good. Dory. You're Special welcome. thanks to Dory fo- <laughs> and Shelly for fueling my sugar kick. You're this up now, week. Abby. Theme music is by Jerome <laughs> Febby, Olivier Renoir, and Pierre Dubost. Special thanks to Lauren Shelley at Jasper Paul PR. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We've got good things coming every single week, and we want to make sure you don't miss out on it. Leave us a rating and a review, and let us know what you guys wind up getting into this weekend, what the best things that you've had to eat this week are, and any other episode ideas, questions, comments, concerns. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis on Instagram. Until February now. Oh, my. I know. Seize the plate. Ooh la la.